Welcome to the Football Ramble. Carlos Toffees win again and it's all kicking off in Barcelona. It's Tuesday the 2nd of March. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Welcome along, everybody, to another football ramble. Lots of football to talk about with these two lovely fellas, Luke Moore and Pete Donaldson. Hello, boys. Hello. Are we lovely Hello. fellas? Peter, are we lovely fellas, do you think? You've I'm been a lovely nasty this boy. morning. <laughs> yeah. Pete's in, Pete's in terrible form. Yeah. He's slagging I'm everyone a, off, I'm, Jules, including I'm, you. <laughs> you. When did you slag off. me off, Pete? I didn't hear that. <laughs> I, d- I did not slag you off when you left the room. I was I I left the room as well out of respect for the broadcast and our relationship. <laughs> you better have done. Um, look, last night I was chatting to uh, producer Charlie and I said to him, "We've got Everton Southampton to talk about tomorrow. If it's really bad, then I'm just going to start the show by talking about the Married at First Sight finale." So. Married at first sight it is. Can you you do like a spoiler-free review of what happened last night? It's just full of drama. It's just was Innes causing bother. Yes, of course, Innes was causing bother because that is her. She's so horrible. She's like the nasty Nick of Australia and now the world. She's horrible. I think you finally found a subject that that shut me up. (laughs) That's exactly why I've gone with it. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Listen, could you do some kind of a link to the fact that you know the Southampton players did like they barely know each other? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Is that, would that work? <laughs> yeah, that I works. will. I will. But the thing is, is that um, I feel like I've become. A, I don't know when my life became this sad that it made me this happy to love a TV show and and be so gutted that something is over. I spent about an hour and a half just stalking them all on Instagram after it finished last night. It's tragic. I don't know what I've become, guys. You think you got a chance with that guy who'd, who'd uh, never had sex before? What's his name? I can't remember his name. Are you talking about me again? <laughs> for what it's worth, Jules, Jules, for what it's worth, I mean, if it's any consolation, I've always found you quite tragic. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a massive change. <laughs> Well, look, I know there is um, a team who you find quite tragic, Luke, and that is Southampton. So you must have been quite pleased to see them lose again last night. I think when it went 1-0 that early on, there were probably a few people thinking, 9-0 again? Yeah, and that's going to probably haunt them. I'm not suggesting the players themselves or the manager, but it's it's probably part of the football discourse, isn't it? Every time they have a poor start to a game now, <laughs> which is not an ideal situation to be in, I would say. But look, I, I th- the game last night wasn't great. Let's, let's be absolutely clear. I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, but Southampton are in abysmal, abysmal form. I mean, they've, they've, they've sunk like a stone. It doesn't seem that long ago that they were kind they of were pushing up the there. Table. You know, but, yeah, around fifth mm. or sixth and... and we were kind of thinking about what perhaps they'd be able to do, but I think they've got one point from 27 now. Um, they didn't have a shot on target until that um, slip from, uh, was it Vestergaard, very late on. Uh, and, yeah, it doesn't look good for them at all. And it's it's an interesting one because Everton, although they are obviously a much better team and, and have got a, a really good manager and some and some good players, Everton, as as Pete will obviously know, because they his team did the double over them, Everton are... are 
capable of just chucking in the odd stinking performance. If you think that they lost mm. at home to Fulham quite handily, they lost at home to, to Peaks Newcastle, they lost at St. James's Park as well, they've lost at home to Leeds, they've um, they've lost at home to West Ham. Okay, West Ham are a good team now, but you know what I mean? Every so often they're capable of throwing in a quite poor performance. And, and if I was a Southampton fan... Um, Let's not let's not let's not build on that because that would be horrific. <laughs> but if I was a Southampton fan, I would be saying, "Why aren't my team going after Everton early, getting getting amongst them? Mm. Never mind what how fragile we are. Let's go after them early because Everton are capable of, of throwing in a poor one as well." But I think the answer to that is that their confidence is completely shot and they don't look um, at all like a side who know where their next game, their next win's coming from, really. I, th- I think like they they did look bereft throughout, but I think their mobility's kind of been stimulated a little by the, bit by the fact that Kyle Walker Peters is, is out. He cannot come back uh, quick enough. They're not very mobile down the sides. Everton didn't really need to get out a second gear. They presented very little. Nathan Redmond needs a couple of weeks off. He is stinking up the place at the moment. Don't tell Pat that. <laughs> He's been <laughs> awful. He really has. But it's uh, mm. yeah, they're not looking great at the moment, and uh, I think the end of the season can't come quick enough. Quite frankly. Yeah, I think that they are, in a way, fortunate Southampton, aren't they? That they picked up so many points earlier on in the season Mm. and did as well as they did. They were top of the table on November the 6th or 7th, I think it was. And then, as you say, Luke, for a while they were occupying the European places. Everyone was talking about them as the dark horses of this season, along with West Ham and Aston Villa. And it's just seemed to slip away. Look, they have had a lot of injuries to their team, though. We have to point that out. I mean, last night... There were six players on the bench born in the year 2000 or later. And that kind of goes to show the extent of the injuries that they've had in the team. So they have been struggling. As you say, confidence has been an issue as well, Luke. Although Ralph Hasenhutl didn't want to comment on confidence. I think he was asked about it a couple of times in his post-match and he refused to sort of go down that road. He, He just kind of pointed out the obvious, which is, we're a little bit short of goals at the moment. And the stats prove that. They've only scored six goals in 10 league games since the start of 2021. I mean, Pete, even Newcastle have scored more than that. Even even Graham Potter's all-passing, no-scoring performance art project has scored more than that. So they must be struggling. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very uh, enjoyable art project, particularly when you see... Because I find a lot of um, the best art is is you know very much articulated in how it's received by the audience. And when I'm in the same room as usual, it's very animatedly received and I enjoy it a lot. Um, so it is a very effective art, art project from Brighton. Look, I, 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 it's difficult for me to talk about Southampton at any great length because I get... I just people just assume they roll their eyes and assume that I'm saying it because I'm a Portsmouth fan. Uh, I try not to be that one-eyed, but if I if I can chuck a couple of things out there, one would be yes, Southampton have got injuries, but there aren't that many teams in the Premier League that haven't got injuries at the moment, and there are lots of teams who've got as many injuries or more injuries than them. So teams like I think Crystal Palace have got a lot of players out. Liverpool obviously got a lot of players out. Um, you know, Leicester have got a lot of players out. Um, Leeds, I think, have got a lot of players missing. So there are there are teams out there who have this situation who aren't quite in the form that that Southampton are in because with with a with a with a you know, a top level football team, we sometimes forget that injuries to players can provide opportunities for other players. Now, okay, it might mean that you've got a few key players out and that makes a big difference. But I don't think there's much excuse for how bad fo- uh, pit of form they're in. And I also don't think there's much excuse for how little their key players that are still fit are able to step up and affect games. I mean, James Ward-Prowse doesn't seem to want to um, 
affect affect games meaningfully anywhere near befitting his reputation uh, recently. You know, you mm. wonder about the contribution that Danny Ings has been making recently. Um, so, look, it, it's part of football, particularly in this middle of this pandemic, particularly in a very busy season. You're going to get injuries. Um, and I don't think Southampton should be signaled, you know, singled out for special treatment around that. So, I mean, I, I kind of accept it to an extent, but not, um, not, 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 it's not the whole picture, is it? All right, Cyclops. What? <laughs> what? You said one-eyed. one-eyed. one-eyed You've got one-eyed no, look at Southampton. No, look, I, I, I take your point, Luke. I know a lot of teams are struggling with injuries. <laughs> so, but, but what are you saying about the quality of this Southampton side then? Because, you know, a lot of people highly rate Danny Ings, um, Vestergaard. They've got a good spine to their team as such. And James Ward-Prowse, obviously, in midfield. He's, he's unbelievable from set pieces, but he just hasn't seemed to be delivering of late. Yeah, I think I think set pieces. He's right there up there with the very best. But the football matches are more about about more than set pieces. I mean, I'm, I'm just I guess I'm just putting it out there as more of a question, really. If you're a Southampton fan, do you want to see James Royal Prowse doing more during games? You know, I mean, Danny Ings went on that amazing run of form around October, November, December time. Um, I kind of, kind of trailed off, kind of I suppose halfway through December. I mean, he scored what? I mean, I think he scored two Premier League goals since then. I mean. He's played a reasonable amount of games. I mean, so I know, I know he's had his injury problems, but he's come back from that now. I, I just wonder if those players are they looking for excuses or are they making the best of of their opportunities? Are they are they kind of grabbing the team by the scruff of the neck and saying, right, off we go? And I th- I think, you know, I don't want to get too bogged down with the whole nine nil business, but you don't you don't tend to lose nine nil unless something's really wrong, and mm. they've done it twice. So. I wonder how confident they are, how 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 fragile they are. All these questions have to be asked, I think, because their form is absolutely abysmal and you can't... Weirdly, it's not in the FA Cup. That's kind of separate. But in the league, you can't attribute that just to they've got injuries. I know Minamino's out. I know Romeo's out. I know they've got players, you know, Carl Walker-Peters, as Pete said. But ultimately, you've got, you've got to put that to one side. You've got to go out there and try and get results. And they haven't been able to do that at all recently. It's been It's been really, really poor. Yeah, Pete, where do you think James Ward-Prowse ranks in terms of footballers' names that are abbreviated to three letters? We've got JWP, James Ward-Prowse. We've got, in the same team, KWP, Carl Walker-Peters. You've got KDB, DCL, RLC, (laughs) CKR, if you want to go down to Derby in the championship. Where does he rank? No one says RLC. I say RLC. Who's RLC? Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Oh, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, oh my word. Yeah. No, it is difficult, isn't it? But like, it 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 reminds me of like you know when you fly into an airport and and the airport code's got a very different um, oh, yeah. lettering system than the actual name. You're like, where's that come from? Where I don't even remember that? where that. <laughs> What's your favourite code? What's your favourite code? Oh, I don't know. What's it? Where's uh, Houston? I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> what a stupid question! What's your favourite Haneda? What's your favourite airport? Mine's a Butler Memorial Airport, which is bum. Oh, that's nice. Good. That's yeah, good. I like it. The yeah, other yeah. day, I was watching Tenable, um, classic God, daytime yeah. quiz show. TV shows you haven't watched. Oh, love it. Love a quiz show, me. <laughs> and um, you know, I'm not normally that good at Tenable. And I've I'm never t- even heard of it. Genuinely, what? Tenable. Never heard of it. No. How have you, have you not heard of Tenable? <laughs> but of Tenable. Yeah, tenable. Is it tenable? Is it not tenable? Right, okay. No, I, no, I haven't. Have I've heard not? the word. So I've not heard of the game. Warwick Davies presents it. and he's Of course pre- it is. Of course it's Warwick Davies doing a, t- doing a TV quiz show. Of course it is. <laughs> and he's amazing. Uh, anyway, there's 10 
answers on the board and you have to guess them basically and the other day there was a geography one and I thought I'm gonna be awful at this I was quite good it was basically famous names who are airport names basically oh, so like, like John, John F. Kennedy and you had to then guess mm. yeah. where what city it was and I did quite right, well okay. I got five of them um, oh, nice! Yeah. To, to those to those listening, just to let them inside the uh, sort of behind the curtain. About every three months, Jules calls me, and for about forty minutes, tells me about how busy she is all the time, and how she hasn't got any time to herself. <laughs> and now this is now apparently it's because she's just spent all her time watching TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> At least you get a call. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's we can share nothing. it if you like. I don't mind. <laughs> um, right, a quick word on Everton then before we move on. Um, they've got that game in hand. If they win it. And I think the game in hand is against West Brom on Thursday. Um, if they win the game in hand, they'll be in the top four. Carlo and his boys are doing all right, despite, as you mentioned, Luke, the inconsistencies they've had this season. They've been really poor at home as well. Do you think that'll be their mm. downfall? I mean, yeah, it could be. I mean, they don't seem to be able to go on a real amazing run, right? So they, they, they always try to drop in this odd performance. I wonder if it's just because Carlo's so laid back that uh, every so often they just think, oh, we've got this cracked. And then it comes back to bite them. And then maybe they need to give Duncan, big Duncan Ferguson a few more responsibilities to get amongst <laughs> people. I think I think when Carlo feels like the team might be about to throw in a poor performance, send Duncan around to every... Get Duncan on a night shift, right? He could probably do 18 players in the night, right? He could probably do right. half an hour. Because they all live in the <laughs> quite close by, these different players, don't they? And these kind mm. of like nice footballer villages. Go around their houses. Obviously, he can't go in their house because he'd be breaking lockdown, I suppose. But if he can kind of just put the frighteners up and get them on edge, um, it'll fend that off. And they could, they could uh, deliver a top four. I don't think there's any reason why they can't if they can put to one side these occasional terrible performances. Uh, I, I, I kind of tipped them to be top four this season just chiefly because I really, obviously, like most people, I really rate Carlo Ancelotti. It's not just their home form, though. It's their kind of relative lack of goals um, mm. when compared to maybe the six or so teams above them. I don't think they score as many as either. I mean, they've even scored fewer than West Ham. Uh, sorry, so, so I mean, you've got to... You've got to look at that as well. But I, I don't see why not. I mean, they've got some um, interesting games coming up. Next up, they're playing um, West Brom away. Then they've got Chelsea away. So a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, Pete, I think um, Richarlison has kind of been key to when the likes of DCL have been out and Hammers Rodriguez. <laughs> he seems to have stepped up this season. Say JR if you're going to do it. JR. Yes, I think I think it's the return of Alan though. Obviously, the, yes. he famously shaved his head in support yeah. of his son who has alopecia, which is a very sweet story. I know he's had his injuries, but I'd love to get. I, I think Carlo would as well. Uh, give him a bit of a run in the side. He's a solid, solid football. Obviously, did uh, great guns in Italy. I, I, I would really like to see him uh, have a, a, an elongated. Um, uh, presence in the side. Can I, can I can I also just say that he deserves credit for carrying on the torch that Lee Catamol left behind by pulling his shorts up really high in a defensive <laughs> yes, midfield please. position. Yes, please. Really <laughs> there important. There you go. By <laughs> the way, favourite word of the pod so far, Pete? Elongated. Yeah. Elongated. It's a great word, isn't it? <laughs> Along with tenable. Along with tenable. <laughs> tenable. All right, enough of the Premier League for now. We'll get some more on that a little bit later because Man City play tonight. But let's move to Spain now because it is all kicking off in Barcelona. Um, before we get the boys' thoughts on this, let's just first bring you up to speed with 
exactly what's happened in the last 24 hours or so. Um, if you hadn't seen this, essentially, the former president of Barcelona, Joseph Bartomeu, and the current CEO, Oscar Grau, were both uh, reportedly arrested yesterday. And there was also a raid on the new camp in order to seize documents, essentially, that had something to do with Barsagate, which was something that happened last year. Now, if you don't remember what Barsagate was, it was accused that the former president, Bartomeu, had paid a PR company called 13 to oversee online work for the club. Now, apparently the reason for this is because Bartomeu wasn't happy with the image that he was being portrayed with online and he'd come under fire from some of the fans. Um, There was also something to do with the reputation of a number of current and former players, including Messi, Gerald Piquet and Xavi as well. Now, a year of a year has now actually passed since the reports of this wrongdoing have happened, but they've now resurfaced. So investigation is now taking place. It is worth pointing out before we get the opinions of Luke and Pete on this, that all of the people at the centre of the allegations are innocent until proven guilty or until proven <laughs> otherwise. Let's just point that out. Thanks, the, Jules. Let's now. The, the get, lawyers are all thumbing get up. Get your thoughts on this because this is absolutely crazy. I mean, well, first of all, it was reported that he spent nearly a million euros a year on this social media company to kind of oversee things like... I'd do it for less. I mean, oh, <laughs> come oh, on. I mean, to be honest, producer Finn convinced me that that was the normal rate, and I believed him, <laughs> and I'm furious. But I mean, that's probably what the Athletic are, are spending um, every single week on this story. <laughs> It's because it's got everything. It's got Leo Messi. It's got subterfuge. It's got political intrigue. The yeah. chance to do a deep dive on all of like Barca's young players, Conrad De La Fuente in Miami. It's Monday morning at the Ritz-Carlton in Miami, the most spectacular hotel. The breakfast bar is brewing with fresh guava and, and, and warm bread. Let's, do, let's talk about this footballer. But, I mean, they were paying out multiple contracts of 2000K each, so they wouldn't have to inform the rest of the board. Apparently, once it got over the, the, the amount, uh, 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 that amount of money, you would have to tell the board what you're up to. So mm. they were just doing loads and loads of little little payments to this PR company. Fantastic. I was calling it I3, the company that they're using. I didn't know it was called 13. Oh, you sure it's not no, I3? You know what? I'm probably wrong because I've only read it. I've not seen it on any okay. actual TV or anything. So I, I, I mean, just I read it as 13. Are important. It's not the point. It doesn't matter, does it? It's not the point. It's not going to be a sticking point is it, in the whole investigation. Um, but the, um, the thing i find fascinating about it is of course we've heard a lot about how poor barcelona have been on the pitch um big you know from from andy on and the guys on uh, on the continent and, and all the rest of it but it's reassuring to know that when barcelona do something they do do it properly i mean they are more than a club mexican club <laughs> they will completely fuck up the admin as well they do they are very passionate about how what happens off the pitch has to reflect what's happening on the pitch and at the moment the entire thing is a shit show so i admire them at least for getting all of it consistent <laughs> Mm. I don't know just... why they're having to go at Xavi. I mean, I mean, all right, PK, Messi, their current, you know, <laughs> their current players. But I don't know, get Xavi. He's just won his fifth trophy yeah. out in the Middle East. But Have PK, some respect. PK just absolutely busted his own balls to get himself back from a really serious injury as early as possible <laughs> because he knew that the club needed him so much. And this yeah. is the facts he gets. It's outrageous. Yeah. It's absolutely outrageous. I also think um, I, I would really love to see Messi leave Barcelona. 
and I, I, I know that there's there's a there's a lot of talk about why this kind of thing happening has been part of the reason why perhaps he wants to to, to cast his net elsewhere. But I, I don't know if this is going to make it more likely or less likely or whatever. But I would love it if he were to move on because it would be fascinating to see him play somewhere else. But I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. Where do you reckon? A bit of Miami with Fizzer? Oh, could be. That I mean, it's cold. Yeah. Can I change my mind then? If that's going to be the case, <laughs> I don't want him to go there. I don't. I mean. Can 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 Fizzer realistically manage London Messi? There must be some kind of law to stop that happening. <laughs> that man fails upwards. I would not put it past him. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine oh, he's, he's 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 finished uh, doing what he was doing before. He's gone to work. With his, he's got a job with his mate out in Miami. His mate just happens to be the most famous footballer of all time. And now the next thing he's doing is he's managing the best player of all time. <laughs> hey Come hey on. hey! Beck said it's nothing to do with the fact they're mates. Come on, we all remember no. that. Oh yeah, he could get have picked, a, he could have picked anyone. He could have just picked anyone, Pete, couldn't he? And he just happened yeah. to, to land on Phil Neville. He's, what he did <laughs> is, you know, they do it um, all the top universities to make sure there's no bias. They take all the names off the applications. David yeah, Beckham yeah, did yeah, that, true. and he just went yeah. through all the applications on merit, and he settled on <laughs> Phil Neville's. That's how it happened. <laughs> I like the cut of his jib. Yeah. Is uh, is that how you picked all of the the new Ramble? Um, people Luke I didn't pick him <laughs> what's the one thing I picked him I, no Jules I explicitly went through the people that I think I could afford that wouldn't be terrible <laughs> and here we are um, look I think all this stuff kicking off in Barcelona is is really interesting timing as well because the new club presidential elections actually take place next week I mean that's it's not good timing is it I or mean, is it it would be an easy campaign if you were someone from the outside coming in. You could just say, look at how terrible it is. You need someone, you need a new broom here, and I am that new broom. Um, and, 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 and one thing you shouldn't remember, Jules, uh, sorry, one thing you shouldn't forget, Jules, is, is the idea that um, apparently, apparently one of the president, presidential candidates, if they're successful, wants Mikel Arteta. Uh, yeah. Now, that is incredible. I heard a guy on the radio last night um, phone in saying that he thought Mikel Arteta was the third best manager in the Premier League um, and everyone laughed him out of town. They won't be laughing if he goes to Barcelona. Oh, they probably will be, actually. <laughs> I mean, Pete, this is a swift ride to the top, isn't it? Would you call it well, a ride to the top? I mean, I suppose from from being the assistant Fizzers. at Man City just a year ago to being Barcelona manager, that's quite something. Well, it's Cooman to the Netherlands-esque, you would say, <laughs> the way his career has sort of gone. I would, I would get rid of Cooman and bring Owen Cooman, his his <laughs> less successful brother. Get him in. He does, he does seem to spill the beans on old stories a lot. Does old Owen? So we quite, <laughs> he quite does, like he? that. Yeah, he got absolutely can't stop flapping his gums, can it's he? It's great. It's good. We <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it. Gives us something to talk about. Um, yeah. All right, enough from us for now. We'll take a quick break. After this, we'll get to your emails and talk some stuff in the EFL. Hi, I'm Jermaine Defoe, and this is the Football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. It's Jules, Luke and Pete here with you this Tuesday. And now it's time for this. Just in the show at footballramble.com Right now, so Yes, indeed. It's time for emails. Um, and we've got one here from Joseph Hall, who I think is about to usher in a whole new era of tenuous links to football players. Of course, yesterday we had um, the amazing revelation that 
one of our listeners had a family member, Mario Jao, who played with Eusebio at Benfica and won two European Cups. I mean, when I was listening to that <laughs> yesterday, I looked it up on Wikipedia as I was walking down the street. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely incredible Amazing, story. If you haven't heard that, go back and uh, go back and give it a listen. But Joseph takes it to a whole new level, but not in the way you'd expect. Uh, he first of all emails starts the email by saying. I was the guy who started off Trebuchet Gate, which for those of you who haven't heard that, um, that goes back a while back where we had two emailers who listened to the show having a proper row via our show about medieval weaponry. Um, it was it was bizarre. Anyway, he goes on to say, after Marcus appealed yesterday for listeners' famous football family members, I thought I'd get in touch to say this. Right, listen carefully here. Go on. Bear this in mind. Um my grandmother's sister's husband's second wife's nephew is uh, former England goalkeeper Nigel Martin. Come on. Well, That's a good round of applause. There That's we go. Excellent. That is excellent. There we you go. Could, you could probably link yourself to any footballer um, in that way. And if you're listening to this show, I recommend you do that. So they have to be factual. <laughs> they have to be above board. But you can go as obscure and as tenuous as you want. But mm. if you can link yourself to a, foot, a current or former big-name footballer, please do so and email show at footballramble.com. Does it have to be a big-name like footballer? Because I've got, I've got a very a very tenuous one. Why don't you kick us off, Jules? Go for All it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's going to have to go some to be better than that you were presented with a tennis tournament trophy by Sean Paul. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, it's gonna have to go some to be better than that. <laughs> no, it's not better than that, unfortunately. But it is a footballer, um, but one that no one's heard of yet, but could be a star of the future. So my uncle has now been remarried and his new wife's son is on the books of Morecambe in football too. He's called Jack. Okay, what's his second oh, there name? You go. I don't know his second name. Oh, for name. goodness sake. You've already, you've already made that the, the worst one ever. How are they going to compete with that? My accountant's son <laughs> is Zach Robinson, who plays for AFC Wimbledon. He's, there we a, go. he's a striker. There you go. Oh, that's there good. we go. That wants to kick you off. I haven't got one, I'm afraid. Well, uh, my, my colleague's accountant's son plays for AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> to be fair, one of my really good friends from Brighton, her little brother is Yeovil Town player Reese Murphy. There we go. And I'm pretty good. sure, Jules, I'm pretty sure Lucy Bronze's brother is a big fan of this show. Really? Yeah, he's emailed him before, yeah. So if you're well, still out there, Mr. Bronze, give us a shout. Technically related to Lucy Bronze. Why? Well, because we're all part oh, of Oh yeah, Ramble. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah we are. You know. I mean, it's not I'm not sure it's related, but, but um, <laughs> we'll take yeah. it for now. It's not um, gonna get you in the will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Send those in to us, uh, show at footballramble.com. What you got for us, Pete? Uh, I've got an email from Adrian Bradshaw. Thanks, Bradders. Marcus, reminiscing about football in less salubrious areas of Edinburgh, reminding me of a story from my mate Gary. In the 90s, he played for a, a pub team from one of the nicer parts of Paisley and had to visit some tasty areas like Fergusley Park or Feagie, uh, an area known to not entirely safe, mm-hmm. to be quite frank. In this particularly tense game, Gary Side won a corner. The large and intimidating Feagy striker shouted encouragement to his defenders from the halfway line. Come on, Feagy, we're the best team on this park. Uh, one of Gary's better educated teammates and generally known as a little bit smart and gobby immediately retorted loudly. It's comparative, not superlative. You're the better team on this park. Uh, the big man <laughs> went a shade of angry purple. At this point, Gary and the rest of the side let out a collective sigh, knowing that challenges would now be a tad more violent for the duration. <laughs> Worse still, uh, they'd have to scarp into their cars the moment the final whistle went to avoid getting the utter shit kicked out of them. 
Don't get fancy. Don't get fancy. I remember, Pete, I remember playing for that team that you got me to play for once where they had a, they had a team in their league which was made up of like present and former Labour, ca- Labour cabinet members. Mm, yeah. And, um, and one of them was, um, was uh, James Purnell. And mm. everyone was calling him Jeremy Hunt throughout on purpose. <laughs> and his other posh teammates kept saying to him, they're only saying that to get a rise out of you, James. Just ignore it. <laughs> Just ignore it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, good stuff. Very good stuff. Keep your emails coming into us. We love hearing from you all. Show at footballramble.com. Or if you're on Twitter, of course, you can tweet us at footballramble. All right, let's dip into the EFL now because there's a few movers and shakers. I feel like I can never keep up in the Football League with managers getting sacked and then new managers being appointed. We've not seen a great deal of it in the Premier League this season, but in the EFL... Uh, particularly in the championship as well. There's been all sorts of different managerial changes. But here we go. We've got Darren Moore, who has left Doncaster Rovers, who are actually doing really well, actually. Um, And he's taken the Sheffield Wednesday job. I mean, to be fair to him, they're a huge club, Sheffield Wednesday. And he's got a bit of a tough job on his hands now because they... I believe they were in the relegation zone at least last week. I could be wrong on that. Um, But they've been struggling this season. They really have. Um, And he's got a real job on his hands now. The post had been vacant there at Wednesday since the 28th of December when they sacked Tony Pulis after he'd only had 10 games in charge. Um, They're currently six points from safety. That's where they're at now. Um, But yeah, it's just... Yeah, this is is a big step up for Darren Moore, isn't it? Quite pleased for him, Luke. Yeah, it's it's a it's an amazing opportunity for him. Of course, they're in Sheffield Wednesday they're in a difficult um situation at the moment. Darren Moore was was doing a decent job at, at Doncaster. They actually, they actually played Portsmouth tonight and they beat Portsmouth earlier in the season at Fratton Park. They're they're around the around the playoff kind of promotion picture. He's he's done he's done okay. And, and actually, if you guys remember when he was at West Brom, he did a reasonable job there as well. Mm. Um the, the reason that Sheffield Wednesday are in a bit of a state is because of this um, issue with finances. They've had a points deduction, which I think it was halved on appeal, but it means they're still in the relegation zone at the moment. The way the owners run the club has been a cause of great criticism by a lot of the fans, to say the least. Um, le- lack of transparency, late payment of players. They've had a problem mm. with the ground, where I think it's been separated from the club now. It's this storied old stadium. I think they had to... Um, I think he had to actually purchase the stadium from the club to meet EFL financial fair play stuff or, or whatever they call it in the EFL, the, the, the spending rules or whatever. So so it's a difficult situation they're in um, and he's got a huge, huge job on his hands, Darren Moore. But then I suppose, without being too unfair to him, and I, I think actually Darren Moore has been treated quite badly particularly at West Brom where he did a really good job but the jo- the damage was already done by the previous manager when the West Brom were in the Premier League yeah. the mm. next season the championship they do okay he goes on a bit of a bit of a dodgy run and they sack him now okay they're now back in the Premier League again but I mean I think he was pretty hard done by then um, Don Carter's done okay but he's still a, a manager learning his trade and I think would he have got the Sheffield Wednesday job if they were flying probably not so it's an opportunity for him um, but there's a lot going on at Sheffield Wednesday uh, above and beyond what's happening on the pitch and what's happening on the pitch isn't great. It's it's that lack of transparency though. Again, they, they don't know how long a contract Darren uh, Moore's been given. Uh, is it just till the end of the season? Is it two years? Is it three years? Is this a project for, for, for the chairman? But I mean, wh- whichever way you look at it, they could certainly do with a, a new manager bounce. But it's a championship. Look, 
there are probably like 50 matches left. That league's massive. <laughs> <laughs> Goes on until next December. <laughs> Hard got... to dress it up as a sideways move. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> They've got Going four... from the playoffs in the league below to almost certain relegation. It's not great. <laughs> They've got 14 <laughs> games left, I think. And and the last the last game out, they lost 3-2 to Luton. They're actually tootling up in that game. Yeah, they and were. Luton don't mm. score many yeah. goals. So, I mean... I mean, since around about the turn of the year, they've not been in in fantastic form. Um, but Pete's right, though. I mean, in the championship, you, you genuinely—I know it's a cliche—but you genuinely never know um, what's going to happen from week to week. It's very difficult to predict. And if, and and Darren Moore's first game in charge of. Um, of Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, is against Rotherham, who is a team directly above them. It's absolutely huge. That'll that'll tell us a lot about what kind of run they they are capable of going on. If he can get them firing and get them up and running and, and get them performing like they performed in the first half against Luton, and they beat Rotherham, you never know. You never know. Yeah, and if I remember rightly, I think Rotherham have played a lot less games than the teams around them, so they've got a little bit of. They've well, only got suppose... one game in hand over Sheffield Wednesday. Is it got, just one got now? Two on other, I've got two games in hand on other teams as well. Yeah. yeah it's a little bit, um, little bit uneven at the moment. Look, I, think, I still think it's worth pointing out that, as you mentioned, Luke, because of their points deduction at the start of the season, if Sheffield Wednesday don't get relegated this season, it would be a remarkable achievement. So um, good luck to Darren Moore in, in mm. what's going to be a tough job ahead for him. Oh, and Jules, um, he's, he's, a really, he's a really popular figure. Like, I mean, yeah. he played for Portsmouth for a while. He's tremendously popular, lovely guy, um, really solid, kind of no-nonsense centre-back for Portsmouth. Um, it's, th- it's thought about with great affection among Portsmouth fans, and I'm sure he is at other places he's played as well. So I'm sure everyone's sort of gunning for him to do well. Yeah, I've met him and worked with him before and he's absolutely lovely as well. So um, best of luck to Darren Moore there at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Also in the Football League, Paul Lambert stepped down yesterday as Ipswich manager over what he cites as significant differences of opinion with the club's owner. Um, He was set to leave if the club's rumoured takeover went through anyway. So this isn't a massive surprise, but I mean... He joked on Sunday that when he came in this morning, Paul Cook was sat in his office. Mm. The former Pompey man, Luke. Um, yeah. This is this is incredible. Um, he's believed to be the prospective owner, Brett Johnson's favourite to take over um, from Paul Lambert. But, I mean, what a fall from grace this is for him. He was once Premier League manager, doing very well, and now he's been driven out of a League One club. Ouch. Wait. He was some player as well, and the reason I say that is because apparently that's one of the bones of contention that's been reported among him and the and the playing staff at Ipswich. Apparently, it was all Dortmund midfielder this and achieved that in my career, and I think they found it quite alienating. But on the other hand, you know, he did win the Champions League, so I mean, you can understand why he's. I mean, Pete, imagine what I'd be like if I won the Champions League. I'd never shut up about it, would I? So um, imagine what you'd like if you if you owned a suit. <laughs> I might do that, actually. It might be a lockdown project. You, you haven't got a front door, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the thing with Paul Lambert, though, is that um, his, his, his kind of... Uh, look, I might be inaccurate here, but his, his managerial career, it's descended the same way like a horror movie descends. You know, the things just get start to get more and more frightening. As the as the film moves on, and before you know, he's it, only fifty one. Absolutely terrifying. That's what I feel like with Paul Lambert. I, you know, he's obviously been at Ipswich a long time. There are other issues at Ipswich. You know, we, we talked about Sheffield Wednesday. Talk about Ipswich in a kind of similar way. You know, issues around ownership, no transparency. Owner Cook possibly now, coming in. Yeah, yeah. Well, owner owner who now seems to be very very happy. Well, not happy, but prepared to write off massive debts that he's incurred on behalf of the club to get the club off his off his hands. But who isn't popular with the fan base? Uh, and Ipswich Town, you know, we remember Ipswich Town finishing 
right up there in the Premier League not that long ago. So it's, it's a difficult situation for these big old clubs who, who find themselves mm. on hard times. But what I would say about Paul Cook is his record is good. I mean, he's got there are there are some reputational things that follow Paul Cook around. I literally wouldn't be able to mention them on this show, but <laughs> he has promote. He's got promotion from. From, from League Two for Portsmouth. He got promotion from League One to Wigan. Uh, for Wigan. They they went into the championship and um but due to administration, again another story of a, of a club going into administration, they're relegated straight back down. Paul Cook's not happy about it for obvious reasons. So the stuff he's done on the pitch has been very, very good and I don't think it's a poor appointment at all. I think it's actually quite an exciting one. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, best of luck to him and to them uh, for the rest of the season. Now, last week we got the um, positive news with this roadmap out of lockdown. And I think since then, good old Boris Johnson has been doing his best to kind of keep all football fans' hopes alive of potentially being ready to host more Euros matches this summer. But then in an interview yesterday, Pete, he said he's very, very keen to bring football home in 2030 by England hosting the World Cup. Now, the last time we tried to win the World Cup, um, England's bid in 2018 was headed up by David Beckham, Prince William and David Cameron. And Fizzer. And Fizzer, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Who do we think should front it this time, Pete? Mr. Blobby and someone from Love Island, please. <laughs> Cat Bin Lady, uh, the people from that Zoom call, uh, read the read the statutes and li- listen to them or whatever. Yeah. Him, he should be involved. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Prince Philip. I don't know. <laughs> How much, Pete, do you think Boris Johnson actually knows about football? Uh, well, we've seen him play when he sort of barreled into uh, somebody, and then we saw him play rugby in Japan where he barreled into a child. Barreled into um, a boy. He, I think he just has problems standing up most times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, it's not for the first time the, the government has have written checks uh, under under lockdown that their, their asses can't cash. But why Why stop here? Why yeah. not let it continue right to 2030? I've said all this I'm ages saying. ago. That would be one of the first <laughs> things I said. We're going to get the World Cup for, for England in 2030, and I just kept saying it. Because why not? It can't get any worse. And, and of course, in reality, I'm sure it'll be a bid across the rest of the UK and Ireland as well, because that's that's kind of how it'll have to work. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it does seem almost remarkably... Co- I mean, by the way, Jules, in your intro, you said the last time England tried to win the World Cup, uh, it was 2018. I think they try yeah, and win it every time. But, <laughs> but they never... Uh, well, I think you meant was the bid. But, the bid, um, yeah, I yeah. meant the bid. And, and, and the, the worst thing was, I mean, I know I understand there are all sorts of horrendous reasons for this, uh, most mostly related to corruption with FIFA, but England's... England's bid for 2018 was so poorly received. It's unbelievable. I think I think we got like two votes, didn't we? And one of them was our own man. So like, it can't be any worse than that. But God knows Look, what you've got to do to try and get the bid these days. Now, I mean, it's, it's now we're out of Brexit, Luke. Come on, we don't have those uh, restrictive EU labour laws anymore. Yeah, we no, can Pete, do what also, we bloody want. It's mate. also it's also amazing that um, the current government thinks that okay, well we've fully alienated every single one of our neighbours now. So we should probably just bid for a for a World Cup, they'll definitely vote for us. Yeah, let's build some more Spitfires. Come on, <laughs> Spitfires on World Cup. Come on. I, I would, I would just take a man dressed as a Spitfire um, to do the bid. Yeah, 
Lovely. <laughs> Covered in real ale. Well, while we've got a bit of a World Cup fever on our hands then, um, look, the tickets have officially gone on sale for hospitality for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And, you know, if you've got 42 grand that you fancy dropping for the final, then you can do. You'll get two seats for the semis and the third and fourth playoff as well. Or, Pete, if you can stretch to it by then, you've got a couple years to save for this. £1.9 million and you've got a 40-seater suite available for the final. Come on. That's that's better than uh, that that uh, American stadium with the swimming pool, isn't it? I th- <laughs> you know you know when is it Kim Jong un uh, when he when he's spotted um at like public events and stuff, he's always got the mo- the most comfortable chair in the house. <laughs> the the chair is really, really thick and for forty two grand I would want a chair that was as thick or a little bit thicker. But if you're, uh, if you're when, Kim Jong un, you're not gonna give yourself a, an austere chair, are you? Yeah, but it's it's not a fancy chair. It's just a very thick chair. I'm, I'm always very surprised. Google it, honestly. It's fascinating. It's not a throne. It doesn't look more ornate or or any you know better made or anything. It just looks thicker. <laughs> it just it's bizarre. It's like a car seat. It's do you, weird. Do you want for that amount of money? Do you want a lazy boy? Is that what you're saying? I do want a lazy <laughs> boy. Yeah, with a cup holder. Yeah. Love it. I want to be able to drink a beer in front of the bitch. That's what I want. Isn't a cup holder just absolutely essential when you're at any kind of spectatory event? Yeah. You yeah, need it because. The plastic uh, beer glasses are kind of like, they're, they're just thin membranes. They're like contact lenses. I'm squeezing them hither and thither. It's going everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and also your hand gets absolutely freezing cold as well. And um, yes. Luke, you're not too fussy about what chair you use though, because uh, today you've given up your comfy yeah. chair for this, for your cat. Yeah, my cat's obsessed with my chair. And if he, if he, um, if he doesn't get it, he just meows constantly. And when you're making an audio program, it's impossible. So I've got no choice but to give him the chair. So I've basically been outwitted <laughs> by a cat. What are you on, the dining room huddle. chair then? Yeah, I'm on the dining room chair that I've pulled through from the dining room. It's a very, very austere wooden chair oh. um, that I'll give that, that Jules, that I'll make you sit on when you come round to my house when lockdown's over, when, we have, when I have to make you a roast dinner, which is the agreement when you beat me in Fantasy Premier League. So Absolutely. Um, <laughs> we, hang on a minute. Can I just say, we went from the loser has to give money to charity to now the fact that you are losing, you're just cooking me a roast. No, I will do the charity thing as oh, well. Right. I will, because I, I, it's, it's, it, one thing I wasn't prepared for is the is the mental torture I'll be subjected to once I took you on, like because <laughs> Jules, Jules works properly, Pete, in the industry, so she knows about all the team news ahead of me and stuff, and mm. and she and she's and she's normally messaging me from the studio at BT when she's having her makeup done or something. And on Saturday, I got an absolute <laughs> assault because she noticed that I triple Captain Jao Cancelo and he was on the bench, and, she, and you have never seen someone with more joyously abuse another human being than Jules did to me. I shall I will not have Jules be uh, just gonna be besmirched that she gets the team news early I do she gets not the get team the team news, news the exact early. same time no, that you I mean, get it she's on the case quicker than me and I just got <laughs> yeah, a message Pete, you can imagine the terror yeah. well I know I'm going to be beaten anyway this year after all the big chat you can imagine the terror on a Saturday morning I think it was Saturday morning just a WhatsApp <laughs> from Jules coming that just said I'm not even joking Jules is typing and it was like, Jao Cancelo, honestly, so I'm giving you this chair when you come to my house. It was, because- um, it was so funny, Pete, because he texts me and he goes, I've gone big, Jules. I've got so many players playing twice this week. I was like, I know how a double game week works, Luke. Calm down. <laughs> I'm so and then naive. I was like, and then I go, who have you triple captain then? Because he goes, I've used my triple captainship. And he goes, Cancelo. And the team news had been out 20 minutes. And I went, mate, he's on the bench. Yeah, I'm like, when it comes to fantasy Premier League. Fresh for I'm, Wednesday. I, I, yeah, I'm like a kid who um, has recently in a Marvel movie who's just discovered that he's got powers but doesn't know how to use them. And Jules, <laughs> and Jules is fucking Thanos. 
Yeah, I was so happy. And the thing is, is I've actually got Cancelo in my team. So when I did see the team news when it came out, I was actually raging. And then 20 minutes later, when I found out Luke had triple captain him, I was buzzing. And um, I signed off, didn't I, Luke, by saying, it's funny when you're shit, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) It's just a a constant abuse. Anyway, Man City are playing tonight, aren't they? Not tomorrow. They are. They play tonight. So you never know. You know, it's not over yet in a double game week, Luke. Cancelo could absolutely bang tonight. And I could be the one to... Isn't huh? Pep? Sorry, sorry to cut in, but isn't, isn't Pep just just reminded me? Isn't Guardiola at, at like in like him in Man City are at war with Opta at the moment about some stat? Yes, which is the most Pep <laughs> thing ever, which I'm very happy about. It, <laughs> it's all to do with the number of wins because um, we were all going mad, weren't we, last week when they got their 200th win when um, that that win against West Ham was marked as their 200th, but City had apparently already celebrated that milestone like three weeks ago or something and and it's all to do with the fact that when you win a cup game on penalties it doesn't technically go down as a w it goes down as a draw with an asterisk so opta Ah. don't count those as wins which i think is actually a little bit ridiculous you've still won the game regardless of whether you've won it after extra time and penalties are at 90 minutes yeah to me yeah i know what you mean it goes down as a draw right but i mean it kind of feels a bit apologetic because it feels a bit like the the powers that be don't really want to commit to a penalty shootout so, but they just let you do it because they've got to decide to victor somehow and they're not going to let it be backed up in the stats. So I'm kind of, on, I'm with Man City on that, I think, because a penalty competition is still a competition that you've got to win. Mm. Yeah, Opta, exactly. Opta just hate penalty shootouts because they're in a situation where there are no stats during the penalty shootout. You know what I mean? Like, like it's you're just kicking a ball at the goal. There's no passes. There's no, um, you know, expected goals. I, I imagine expected bra- goals. Little sports can't bra use thing. the little sports bra thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. But of course, um, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of. Um, Pele's people trying to claim more goals every time. This is the oh, same yeah. thing, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Pele, Romario, they're all at it. Love it. <laughs> Big fan. It's great. But yeah, lots more football to look forward to uh, tonight. It's Man City against Wolves in the Premier League. And um, Kate, Vish and Jim are going to be back with you tomorrow to chat all about that match plus more. Um, just to end on a bit of sad news, unfortunately. Um, as we're recording this, um, we've just seen the news that the former Liverpool and Scotland forward Ian St John has died at the age of 82. He's a Liverpool legend, played 425 matches for the club, scoring 118 goals. So we are sending all our love and thoughts to all of his family and friends at this difficult time. Right, a quick Sit reminder. Groovy. Love yeah. sitting crazy. You've got to mention that to legendary yeah. program. Because uh, obviously we, we, we never saw him play, but but back in the day, Sitting Greavesy was uh, was one of those kind of like the, the sort of show that would be parodied quite a lot um, yeah. because of the, the incredible relationship that the, the, the another legendary footballer, uh, um, uh, Greavesy, <laughs> Jimmy Greaves, uh, w- w- was on. And, and uh, yeah, it was a really, really fun show. Just two men who really loved the game, uh, two men who really loved the football uh, and loved each other as well. Um, uh, it just really, really presented the fo- football in the way it should be presented, with a bit of fun, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and the tributes have been um, flooding in on social media and, and everyone mentioning that TV show as well in their tributes too. So we echo all of that. Right, uh, just a reminder before we go to leave us a review on Apple Pods or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps new listeners find the Football Ramble and we want to welcome even more of you into our crazy little weird gang. Um, So come and join us, give us a listen and leave us a review on Apple Pods or wherever you get your podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Um, Luke, Pete, lovely to see your faces. Um, 
Get that roast ready for me, Luke. It's not going to be long. Just <laughs> a few weeks left to go. How long do you think we're going to do that meat for? It's about three months to go. It's a beer sting. Hey, <laughs> if our boss John has anything to do with it, he'd already be marinating it now. <laughs> All right, see you later, guys. And thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon. Ta-ta. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.